What's up, Heckling Fandom? We are live. We have Joe and JJ here. And I don't think there's anybody in the NFL that doesn't have COVID. <laughs> it's time for garbage time. What's up, guys? Uh, like I said, we got our waivers episode here following a uh, hectic day of news. So Joe and I have a little bit to talk about here. Joe, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm living down the anxiety now that it's playoff time, and I'm watching all these players go on the COVID reserve list, and we have no spots for those players. So I'm just hoping and praying Delvin Cook doesn't get COVID-19. So That would be unfortunate, as you have been the poster child for Delvin Cook this year. So The last two years. Yeah. So, uh, are you ready for playoff football? I am not involved in the playoffs in either of our leagues, but uh, you you got some uh, important business to take care of. This is an oddity for you because usually you're pretty consistent with this, and this is kind of what you've talked about over the years. How, how are you in your other leagues? You in the playoffs in any of your other leagues? Of course, Joe. Of course. Yeah, just just not the ones that you're playing with us. Um, uh, less fun. I, but I'm on two opposite ends of the spectrum where I was high scoring or winner winner last week. And I was probably the worst player in uh dynasty last week too. And I'm looking at the shit toilet bowl and that bowl, and then potentially the championship in the other league. So, you know, there's no variety with me. It's either one end or the other. That's all you're going to get. Yeah. So it goes. So guys, if you like the show too, you can find us here live on YouTube, tune in Apple, Google, any damn place we have podcasts and obviously tonight as jj said it's a waiver show we have a bunch of news and if we got time might get some apologies out of the ways that are due we'll see <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second are you ready for some news yeah let's do it News updates. Since the topic of the week is COVID for playoff football, let's talk about the immense list of players on COVID-19. Jarvis Landry is now on the COVID-19 list. Do you anticipate him playing this week? And if not, what is it going to do to fantasy owners? Uh, I would guess not. Uh, the Browns were probably the most notable team today. Um, both they and the Rams had to go into the advanced protocol, which means that they're not allowed to enter the facility and they have to have all their meetings virtually just to protect the other players. So uh, I would guess that he's going to miss, especially with the Browns having the Saturday night or Saturday game. Um, yeah. Not a lot of time to test uh negative. Yep. So yeah. And obviously uh, OBJ's teammate also tested positive Austin hoop or not. Oh my goodness. OBJ doesn't play for them anymore. Yeah. Jarvis no. Landry's teammate, Austin Hooper <laughs> tested positive for COVID. So I assume he is going to be out as well. So, do you have a do you have a compiled list of all the the fantasy guys that have COVID and besides well, OBJ? I don't have the compiled list, but I've got a few more on here that are going to be definitely fantasy relevant too. Uh, Odell Beckham has got COVID too, as we were talking about with the Rams. So that was pretty interesting. But his uh, his teammate ended up coming off the list because it was a false positive. So that was kind of lucky on that part as. Uh, Higby really hasn't done anything for fantasy football this year, but 
Glad he doesn't have it, so uh, I guess that is what it is. But Odell could have a big impact on fantasy teams going to the playoffs this week. He's been very good since he's been with the Rams. Yeah, he scored in three straight games, and uh, obviously his reception total went up last night too in that key game versus the Cardinals, so it kind of sucks see him finally getting some momentum and being relevant in fantasy again, and all of a sudden he's knocked out with COVID. So, And the other big name that went on COVID, and I believe this was late last night, early this morning, this was reported, is Alexander Madison. And as we already stated, I am very concerned about this because he is in the same room with Delvin Cook consistently. And just because he didn't test positive tonight doesn't mean he won't in the next few days. I mean, we saw this this past weekend where certain players – right up until game time, didn't test positive for COVID, and then you're finding out an hour beforehand that you're not going to get these guys. So it's just a whole new dynamic that you've had to take on the next two years. Um, do you think some leagues should potentially implement more uh, IR spots for that, JJ? That was a discussion I brought up in our chats today for these last-minute uh, issues during playoffs. Um, You could vote it in, like an extra spot for someone with COVID, but um... – as far as fantasy relevant guys, the list we we just touched on what three or four key guys. I don't think it's at the yeah. volume right now where I think your league needs to do that. Um, but yeah, today I think the numbers right now, last I heard, was seventy five players tested positive. Yeah, it's COVID, it's so. and it's only going to climb the next few weeks, and I believe it is going to definitely lose some people some championships this year. Yeah, the next couple of days, like. Everyone that was around these guys that obviously had it is at risk and could pop positive at any time. So I definitely expect some more dramatic news this week. So you're going to have to be on your toes. Uh, make sure you have your Twitter notifications on for Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter so you're the first to be able to add guys if COVID impacts your lineup. So. Yeah, they typically seem to be the ones that are the most tuned in besides the Sleeper app, which seems to beat everyone, which is kind of odd. I don't know the how Sleeper they do app, that. The Sleeper app. They're impressive. They copy and paste Shepard tweets. Oh, well, that works. That's, That's why they're is. so quick. Like if you if you <laughs> if you follow the uh, Twitter notifications or Shepard and Rappaport, mm-hmm. they that's exactly as the uh, sleeper notification. So you're period. saying you'll get a fraction place. of a jump in front of your league mates and just yes. get the chance to get to the waiver wire before they do, which this time of year yes. is going to be very important because they're looking at money right now. So they're obviously going to be jumping at that waiver wire too. This isn't the regular week where they're just like, hey, you know, I'll get to it a little bit later. They might have $500 on the line and they're going to jump right at it. Um, and some other news too. Let's move away from COVID for a minute while you're looking and compiling lists over there, I'm sure. Uh, there was a few injuries for the Cardinals that were a little bit concerning after last night's game. Uh, James Conner is getting an MRI or did get an MRI today and we don't have the results of that yet. And DeAndre Hopkins was also going under an MRI. Do these injuries and tests concern you for these two players going forward? And specifically, what is it going to mean for James Conner now that his running back mate is coming to the team again? Yeah, so last night really sucked. Like, Conner had an awesome game. Um, was continuing his hot streak. And then in garbage time, in the second-to-last play, he caught a ball and got tackled and went down awkwardly and was in a huge deal of pain. Yeah, it didn't look good. After the game, or after the last slap, he like kind of collapsed on the field. So it it didn't seem like it was a minor injury. He seemed to be in a pretty big deal of pain. So I honestly would not be surprised if he ended up missing this week, which is kind of convenient timing for the Cardinals because I think this is a week that Chase Edmonds comes back. So 
convenient for me too because my opponent has Connor and he completely went off last week like a lot of the running backs on my roster. So, you know, Connor, rest up and feel better in a week or two. I'm completely fine with that. Um, and some more news too. Tony Pollard is expected to play in week 15. What is this going to do to the Cowboys backfield? And is this going to gum up you potentially winning your playoff matchups? Um, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a, kind of a mess there. Zeke has been, if you just watch the Cowboys games, you can just, it's really starting to show, especially at the end of the season that Zeke has lost a step. He's not as explosive. Um, I saw him catch a ball and get caught by a linebacker and just if it was a couple years ago, he would have broken it off and for a big run. So I just, I think it's going to be continue to be a split, probably like a 70, 30 split for the Cowboys. And you're not playing Pollard if you have him most likely, and you are playing Zeke if you have him. So you're just going to have to grin and bear it. And I completely agree with those sentiments. Uh, staying in the same division, uh, it was believed originally that uh, Logan Thomas did not tear his ACL. Upon further discovery, he has torn his ACL. So that is a big bummer for him because I thought he was going to potentially be healthy going into next offseason. Obviously not. He's rehabbing, and he's starting to reach that age where he might start dipping off. So what's your concerns about Logan Thomas going forward, specifically, I guess, in dynasty formats? Because that's where you'd be looking at him right now. Yeah, it sucks. It's he's a really cool story. He uh, kind of failed in the NFL as a quarterback, but mm-hmm. he then transitioned to the tight end because he's such a big guy and obviously has the knowledge of a quarterback and was really striving. So dealing with injuries this year, it sucks to have him go out this way. Um, I believe he's thirty years old, so you're right. He's kind of getting up there. Though tight ends typically play a little later into their years, but. Um, yeah, I don't think you'll see him till the, towards the end of next season. Yeah, but unfortunately, I don't think he's Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey. He's good, but he's not on that kind of a level. So nope. I hope he gets back, but I believe we're going to start seeing a dip in his career, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some coaches that could potentially be fired. And actually, while you uh, were not on the show yesterday, I made a little bit of an apology bet with Ron yesterday saying that um, I believe Urban Meyer was going to get fired before the end of the season. So that's kind of interesting. But then... <laughs> This morning, a report came out that Shad Khan said uh, he will not be impulsive and is not looking to fire anyone early. So I hope that's just some smoke and mirrors. And there has been drama every single week. So fingers crossed I win that bet. Not that I ever wish unemployment on anyone, but in the NFL, you're getting paid millions of dollars. It's not the worst thing in the world to hit the unemployment line. because I wish unemployment on Matt Nagy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the case? Yes, that's the case. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the worst that's going to be coming out of your mouth later, but I, I'm glad to hear it. Um, also, Bruce Arians has not made a decision on Antonio Brown going into week 16. This is coach speak. I don't know what he's going to do. He originally said that Antonio Brown would never get a second chance with this team should he do something wrong. But he has seen how he has played with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady likes him. I don't exactly see that being the outcome of this. I believe he will be back in week 16. I just don't know in what capacity or if you can play him. They may ease him back in. They may punish him and play him slowly, but I think they want him on that team. What's your thoughts on Antonio Brown? I, I guess I don't understand if they were going to cut him, why they wouldn't have already done it. Mm-hmm. Um, contractually, he's in a one-year deal, and there's all kinds of clauses and things where if you fuck up, uh, your contract gets voided. So I would assume that forging medical information would constitute a fuck up 
and they can get out of the contract if they wanted. So, well, where he really fucked up is not paying the chef. That's yeah. that's a big problem. You don't do that to the people that cook your food. Yeah, you got to take care of your. If they don't spin in it, they spill all your dirt. So, <laughs> and he spilled all of his dirt. He did. And uh, so, yeah, I think if he would have been, if he was going to get cut, he would have been. I think he will be back. They'll use him for the playoffs. Um, Hopefully so. the fantasy playoffs, too. Yep. <laughs> I'm hanging on to him hoping. All right, we have a question here from the Heckling Fandom. So, <sighs> if I can bring it up. Here we go. Mark Yasko asked, should I drop Damien Harris for Rashad Penny? That is a definite yes in my book. What's your opinion, JJ? Who else you got? Well, opinion. here's the thing is, Damien Harris is a starting so start to Osborne, Mooney, Pittman, Ayuk. So Damien Harris, I believe, is more of a committee back, unfortunately, with New England. Uh, their matchups don't look awful except for that Bills one. And I think you're needing to look for a ceiling. I wouldn't look to drop Damien Harris if you potentially had a bench spot. But uh, Richard Penny looked uh, pretty good this week. And I believe he's going to get bow cow work even with Adrian Peterson there. Do you have a different opinion on that, J.J.? Um, it's tough. I, I mean, Harris's schedule isn't great. It's at the Colts versus the Bills. You got the Jaguars and then at Miami. So your last two weeks are, are good, but he's banged up with the hamstring. Um, if Penny's healthy, I, I, I think you can get away with it. The way, especially with the way that, uh, Ramondre Stevenson's been involved. I think Penny's going to be a lead guy in Seattle. So I, I think you could do it. He's also got two more questions. Start to Osborne, Mooney, Pittman, Ayuk. The two starts there, Ayuk has to be started. He's been electric, I believe. And do you know who these three are playing this week? Osborne and Mooney are playing against each other on Monday Night Football, and Pittman is playing the Patriots on Saturday. I might say Osborne, believe it or not. I might start Ayuk and Osborne in these matchups. Uh, that is with a caveat of Thielen is still out. I believe he's going to be out for a few more weeks. He got nine targets the previous week, and he took advantage of those three. I really like the upside of Osborne. Um, if you're looking for stability, probably Pittman and Ayuk. But if you're looking for upside, Ayuk and Osborne are my two. That's interesting. Um, yeah, Osborne, the Bears had uh, their number two corner. Artie Burns go on the COVID list, so I, I don't think he's going to play Monday. So uh, they are already abysmal at corner. So that's definitely a, a possibility. Um, and Mooney, game script, the way the Bears have been giving up points, I, I think he could definitely get involved in the offense. But I would probably play Pittman and Ayuk just because Ayuk has probably the best matchup. Um, and then Pittman is playing – the Patriots, which it's a tough matchup, but I think it's going to be a competitive game and he'll be involved a lot. So, and I'd not only that, they're using uh, the 49ers are using his opposing wide receiver on the other side as a running back now, which is giving yeah. more opportunities to Ayuk, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, Debo won target last week. <laughs> What's that? Debo had one target last week. Yeah, it's, they're using him now, just in different ways. Uh, Mark also says he's got Julio and I'm going to drop him for Henderson once he's back. Uh, potentially an all right move, but actually I don't know, even know if I would do this. I think Sony Michelle and him might be splitting carries even when Henderson comes back. Um, I guess that's your perspective on it and really a coin flip. Some people might think Henderson goes right back into that role, but I'm not quite sure. And Julio is really their only number one option right now. 
Uh, Sony Michelle is the handcuff, so it's good that you got the handcuff at least. AJ Dillon is the handcuff. Mooney Osborne, hey Rod. Damien Harris Julio, that's my bench. Not too bad of a bench, dude, going into the playoffs. No, we don't care if you're jumping around with the questions. Just drop them right in here and we'll uh, sprinkle them into the show. Make sure you like the video, Mark. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And subscribe if you're not subscribed, but I know you're subscribed. So, yeah, it's nice to actually get some subscribers. We're up to 268, I believe. So, hey, some people are actually starting to listen to the show. uh, Better than last year of two. Of like two. Yeah, we're starting to actually hit some ground, I it's think. It's been a right? good year. <laughs> All right, are we ready to get into the waivers, dude, or do you want to, you know, get to get the apology out of the way? Hmm. Dealer's choice. We gotta do both. All right, we're just going to rip the Band-Aid right off, huh? <laughs> rip the Band-Aid off. So this apology bet for the listeners, if you've not heard. First off, I want to say this is bullshit uh, because Ryan is scared to make bets, and Ron wasn't even there to make bets. So I just had to throw this out there. The bet was Jerry Judy has to not only eclipse 80 yards receiving but also catch a touchdown. Um, he did neither thing. and. Looking at his stats, he had not done that. He had not eclipsed 80 yards, and he has not scored a touchdown this season. So you hit neither one of those parts of the bet. So I'm making these crazy two-part bets and having to read this shit. So Yeah, I'm, well, I think I think the Urban Meyer one I made last night is making up for it. So you'll be hearing me read another one pretty yeah, soon, but I think. You got weeks for that one. We, we're going to have to have some in between. So I'm going to go ahead and read this real quick. Uh <laughs> Heckling fan, if you didn't know, I'm a Red Sox fan. My dad was born in Boston, so uh, I think Joe attacks that a little bit here. So I just want to preface this by saying this is bullshit. So I, I dug deep. To the heckling fandom, I apologize for being in this position yet again, as I thought the tides of luck were changing back to my favor. Boy, was I wrong. Thank you, Jerry Judy, as I now, as I am now tied with Joe in apology bets on the eve of me packing up my championship trophy in Winter Winter League and preparing to ship it to Joe's house. A feeling of uneasiness has set in, and the realization has come to light. I truly am a loser in 2021. Two leagues. Not only have I missed the playoffs in the Winter Winter League, but I have also missed the playoffs in the Garbage Time Dynasty League. How could I be twice as bad at fantasy football in any given year than Ron Seymour? I wonder to myself, being the commissioner of the Dynasty League, if I should change the rules last minute to make sure I make the playoffs. I've seen commissioners do it before. It makes no sense. Oh, I read that wrong. It makes no sense. I'm supposed to be the champ, not a chump. My Chicago Bears suck. My favorite coach, Matt Nagy, is about to lose his job. And the Boston Red Sox could not beat the cheating Houston Astros. I feel very, I feel myself spiraling. So let me confide in the heckling fandom. I know it will make me feel better. I've been needing to get something off my chest for quite some time, but first an icebreaker to ease myself into this. Good thing my favorite icebreakers are jokes, just like my favorite teams. So how do you keep a Bears fan from touching himself? (laughs) You paint his junk Packer gold and he won't beat it for years. Three years to be specific. Now that I feel much more comfortable writing this as I watch Rasul Douglas intercept and return Justin Fields' pass for a touchdown, 
Let's get this off my chest. I knew I made mistakes in my childhood becoming a Red Sox fan. The math simply does not add up. Last time I checked, nine is still less than 27. I mean, for the rest of my life, I couldn't dream of seeing that much hardware for either Red Sox or the Bears. I should have simply realized the Bronx Bombers were the winners and my Red Sox were lifetime losers. I was meant for pinstripes. I mean, in what universe could I say David Ortiz was better than Derek Jeter? He was a true captain, just like Joe is for this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for giving me the honor of reading this apology and enjoy your fantasy championship this year. And in the grand words of Aaron Rodgers and Joe, I still own you. So good night, heckling fandom. I hope to not be in pos- this position anytime soon. The DFS king is dead. Oh, my God, JJ. You didn't have to say that. That was awful for you to say about yourself. First but off, thank you. You had a lot of kind words there. I really the appreciate The DFS king is still a title I hold. So <laughs> I'm very proud of that. Second off, the Yankees haven't won anything in over a decade. So That's all right. Your, your Boston Red Scots can win 10 more in your lifetime, man. It still is not going to eclipse the 27 they have. So. How many of the Yankees won in your lifetime, Joe? You know, a few. Two, three, four, not many. Things the Red Sox. All right. Now, now that we got that bandaid out for you, are you ready to get into the waivers and get into some serious shit? Yes, sir. All right, so let's add to your pain by starting off with the quarterbacks first or specifically someone that you say is not a quarterback who has 6% ownership in all of NFL leagues. Is Taysom Hill playable going into this week should you need a quarterback? Yeah, but I think it's a bad matchup. <laughs> Why? Uh, just the Bucks. one of their strengths is their, their linebacker's speed and ability to pursue the rushers. they got a solid defensive line. So Taysom Hill obviously runs a lot and is a shitty passer. So you could definitely see the Bucks getting the best of him. But let me preface this, and this is actually something that uh, our special guest last yesterday, Ron Seymour, said. Josh Allen actually did have 100 yards rushing against him last week. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, the Saints see that, exploit it, and actually take a, play, a page out of their playbook. So I think he could actually have an interesting week, and I don't necessarily think that – one of the outcomes is going to be him having a horrible game. I think you'll see at least an average game with potential of a lot more upside. Yeah, uh, he probably will. It's it's probably going to be a positive game script for him. The Bucks are going to score because that's what they do. So he's going to be busy the whole game. All right. How do you feel about uh, Tua Tungavailoa this week? Uh, his upcoming schedule is pretty juicy, especially for the playoffs. We, he has the Jets, the Saints, and the Titans on that schedule. So what's going on with him? Yeah, um, very good matchup, and he had a pretty good game last time he played the Jets. Um, so I, I think he's definitely viable. Um, obviously, if you're a Lamar Jackson owner like Ron, uh, I would definitely be monitoring this guy because solid chance he plays, and the Ravens kind of have a tough matchup versus the Packers, so. Is there uh, any other quarterbacks you're looking out of the week? Because honestly, that's really the only two I was uh, interested in. Um, I, you've talked about Jimmy G's schedule, but he's still available in a lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Jimmy G's viable to play in the Falcons this week, I believe. And he plays who? 
I think he's got the Texans and someone else easy. Um, the Titans, I believe, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, so he, he has a really easy final schedule for the playoffs. So, again, if you know, you know, you never know what's going to happen with COVID, who could get it. Um, and if you're Lamar Jackson owner, he's another name to keep an eye on. And the last quarterback name I have, who I constantly talk about on the waivers episode, but is the man whose jersey is behind me. He played fantastic for fantasy football on Sunday night. Yeah, he's uh, really – the Bears line is so terrible. He's uh, really embraced running. So <laughs> He does it a lot. He's running a lot now. He's running for his life because the line is terrible. I think he was pressured on over 50% of his dropbacks uh, on Sunday night. So he's running. He's more mobile. And his end of season, um, he plays the Vikings twice, who have been terrible against the pass. He plays the Seahawks, and who have been terrible against the pass, and especially with Jamal Adams out, even though he's not a great pass defender. And uh, then he plays the Giants as well. So, could um, you imagine what he could actually do if they fix that offensive line in the offseason oh, and get him a better play color? Whoever the new coach and hopefully GM is can uh, can straighten that out. But yeah, he could be very dangerous. So keep an eye right. on that. Definitely. Uh, so what position do we want to move into next? The running backs or wide receivers? Because there's a lot of interesting names at both of these positions this week. Let's, uh, let's just go right down to running back. All right. So obviously what everyone is looking at and everybody notices this week is the number one, I think, waiver priority for everyone this week, which is Rashad Penny. Um, whether you need a running back or whether you just want to stash him on your bench so your opponent doesn't get him. Um, Pete Carroll runs the ball astoundingly uh he's got a tough matchup coming up against the rams but after that he plays the bears in detroit after that so what's your thoughts on uh, rashad penny's prospects looking forward and is there anyone that really rivals him as the number one waiver priority pickup this week probably not um he looked great it's just uh it's a shame what's happened to him over the past few years being a first yeah. round pick all the injuries he's dealt with um he's let fantasy owners down a lot the past few years, but um, last night or last night, <laughs> last week on Sunday is exactly what uh, Seattle expected him to be when they took him in the first round. So um, hopefully he can continue to do that and maybe earn himself a contract in the off season here. It's nice to see that he finally seems to be getting over those injuries um, because it's been a long time coming. It's <laughs> what been two full years of rehab. It feels like pretty much. All right. Uh, next player on this list too is uh, Jeff Wilson. He wasn't picked up in all leagues. He's available in some. Uh, what's his outlooks coming forward? Uh, do you think he's going to get the starting role there with the 49ers or just someone that you stash and watch during the week? Um, if you have Eli Mitchell and he's still available in your league for some reason, I would definitely add him. But um, I don't know. I, I think Mitchell could potentially be back this week. So you got to keep an eye on the 49ers injury report. But if he's not there, I think Jeff Wilson is definitely viable against uh atlanta so yep and then uh next up on this list that i have is a name i think a lot of people um really haven't paid attention to and may not even know he's out there it's actually a lions running back his name is uh craig reynolds he was the leading rusher for them this week and uh with the deandre swift injury they were talking about putting him on ir and shockingly they're talking about him playing this week but should he not i think craig reynolds is a good plug-and-play running back for you this week. He was the leading back there. Someone's got to get the ball in that backfield. 
and I think he can be productive. He showed that last week. Do you have any thoughts on this uh, no-name running back that hopefully will make a name for himself in that backfield? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's viable. He looked um, – he actually looked pretty good when he came in. I, I watched a little bit of the game on the Red Zone channel when they flashed to it, and um, he looked pretty explosive. He looked fresh. You could tell he hadn't played the season. Um, so a lot of people thought it was going to be Jamar Jefferson that kind of took that role, but uh, I, I think he is viable, and I think they are going to trust him with the ball if, uh, if Swift doesn't come back. Again, they have no absolutely zero reason to rush him back with the position they're in. So I, I probably – I would guess that Swift isn't going to play this week. I There's no reason to rush him back from the injury. They should just put him on IR and save him for next year. But, um, yeah, I like Reynolds a lot. What about you? Yeah, no, he's uh, someone I'm going to look at on waivers this week, and hopefully Tommy's not listening to this. Uh, probably is. He will be, and he'll screw me out of that position. But – doesn't mean he'll be my top waiver priority. I, I do like Reynolds this week. I think he could be a plug and play. Um, there's a lot of other names, too, I am looking at. Um, another one specifically, the name is really escaping me. He's a former running back of the Rams, and all three of Miami's running backs are also on COVID, and he could be the starter there. Do you know who I'm thinking of? Former Rams running back? Yes. He's the only one there. He came off the COVID list for the Miami Dolphins, and he's the only healthy running back there currently. I want to say Henderson, but it's not Henderson. I thought Duke Johnson was the one that was. For Miami? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Malcolm Brown's the healthy one right there right okay. now. And uh, I was actually listening to the Fantasy Footballers podcast today, and they brought this name up and mentioned him. He honestly might be the only one that stays healthy this week. And ends up playing. So that is another name to monitor. Do you think he could actually do any damage back there? Should he be the only starter? Nah. Nah, no, not interested. He just kind of plots along. Um, if he's active, he'll probably uh he'll probably be the goal line back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean he's viable if you're in a pinch COVID or injury wise, you can probably play him. They do have Duke Johnson too, who I think is gonna get called up. I can't remember if they added him to the active roster or if they just protected him on the practice squad, but I would expect him to be active for the Dolphins on Sunday. So that's another Miami running back to keep an eye on. He also obviously offers more, in my opinion, more pass catching upside than Malcolm Brown's more of a pass protector. Yeah, but let me preface this if you guys are actually listening to the show before your waivers too. These Last few running backs that we mentioned are probably guys that aren't going to get picked off the waivers immediately, um, specifically for Miami. Uh, I believe Craig Reynolds will get picked off the waivers in most leagues, but the, for the Miami Dolphins specifically, this is someone that you're probably going to be able to get later on in the week. So just watch that roster because people are going to use their waiver priorities elsewhere. Um, that's a spot to watch. The Vikings team currently with Alexander Madison is another one to watch too. There's running backs on that roster you could potentially look at. Um, we'll have to see what happens with the Rams, too. So just watch all these teams that have COVID-19 popping up. There may be a starting running back for you available should you be missing one because of injury or any other reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, next ones on this list, too, are uh, the shitty committee back here, uh, Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Do you like either one of these boys in the last three weeks? Uh, not really. Um I know Sanders left the game, the last Eagles game, but I think it's more precautionary. And listening to some of the uh, fantasy doctors talk, I think you're going to have Miles Sanders back 
handling the uh, workload again. It, it seems like the Eagles now with their commit, commitment to the run, there's one guy that they're giving the bulk of the carries to and then interchanging the other backs with a few carries here and there. But I, I think Sanders takes back over. And the, I don't. can you trust either of these guys? Who the hell knows what Nick Sirianni is going to do? Yeah, no, Nick Sirianni goes to the uh, mold of the public, and I believe he very much cares about what the public perception is is of him because before he was doing nothing but passing the ball, and they're like, hey, why does this guy not run the ball? And now he does nothing but run the ball. So I, I think he just listens to the Philadelphia media, and that's what he does to the week, which I don't know, maybe that'll be effective or not. My guess is probably not effective because there's a reasons why he's the coach and we're fans, but uh, yeah, don't give in to your uh, snowball throwing crowd of Santa Claus delight down there. It's just not going to end well for you if you do that. But uh, in that strange monologue that I just gave, no, I do not trust either one of these running backs going forward. Uh, but what I am monitoring uh, is specifically for Thursday. Austin Eckler uh, had an injury this past Sunday, but Austin Eckler has also played through injuries this past season. So I think that he's going to play, but up until game time, I think you and many in the heckling fandom should monitor Justin Jackson because Justin Jackson's a pretty good running back in a game script where there's going to be a lot of points against the Chiefs. So I think he could be a good play for anyone should he be the one that gets the bulk of the carries if Austin Eckler is out for this week. What's your thoughts on Justin Jackson? Yeah, he's a viable fill-in if Eckler's inactive. Um, I think Eckler's going to play as a huge division game. The way the AFC standings are right now, yeah. every game is obviously must-win, especially for the Chargers who are – I think they're a game back from – that's a one game or two games back from the Chiefs. I'll have to confirm that, but – um, it's a huge game for them, and any laws can knock him out of the playoffs. So I think Eckler's probably going to suit up, even though his ankle was taped up to the side, like four times the size. I don't know if you saw the clips on the sideline. Yeah. Medical, 28 wraps. The trainer was just cranking tape around his ankle. <laughs> so, um, But he's a tough dude. I, I think he's probably going to try and play through it. But I agree. If if he's inactive Thursday, he can definitely start Justin Jackson. Uh, yeah. Any other running backs that you wanted to mention tonight or, uh, surprises for the heckling fandom? I think you can give your secrets out now that you're not in the playoffs, right, JJ? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give out your secrets. So, but yeah, Ron. Yeah. Ron but Pun I mean, these, your secrets may not be my secrets. So you can give out your opinions. Well, I think Ron, uh, touched on this last episode. I watched the beginning of the last episode and, uh, but make sure you have your handcuff running backs. Um, you're going all in with your guys. Bye weeks are over. So, um, if you're like a Jonathan Taylor owner, yeah, you want Deion Jackson. You got Hines. Really? I, I think if Hines, if something happened to Jonathan Taylor, I think Deion Jackson would get the first and second down carries like Jonathan Taylor and Hines would just retain his role as a pass catcher. So interesting. Um, I had no perception on that. So see the, you're giving me some secrets right here. Yeah. So guys like that, you're, you're going to want on your team. And like Dearness Johnson, you guys talked about. Um, Samaj P. Ryan, I think, fits into that role with Mixon, too. Yep. Just make, just make sure you have those guys. Uh, and, Khalil yeah. Herbert, obviously, I think is another big one. Yeah, Herbert. Even though Damian Williams is back and was getting touched Sunday night because Matt Nagy. But yeah. 
Um, Ronald Jones, I think, is out there too, but he's probably less available. Still potentially available. So yeah. just consider your handcuffs and make sure you're picking them up. Uh, honestly, there's <laughs> you, may, you may be a drop off my roster, but I do own uh, Jacksonville's handcuff too. But uh, uh, my bench is a little bit COVID-ridden, and I don't want to drop those guys. So I've got the handcuff for all three of my running backs, so he may be the one I end up dropping. <laughs> Uh, because Urban Meyer doesn't know how to run the ball anyway, so I think I might just drop him. We'll see. <laughs> it might be my only option. Fucking I oh, hate Urban. Urban. Dude, I hate Urban Meyer. I hate him for don't don't hate the person in real life, but for football, dude, get the f out of the NFL, dude. You suck. Punch go back to college. Yeah, go coach. Go he back he to seems like a coach. bad guy. So I, I mean, I feel like it's safe to hate him as a person too. He's he's a salty old man. What he is at this point, like he he feels like his team doesn't respect him. He talks to, to the media about it. Like he thinks there's a rat in his locker room. He's like, well, if I find that rat, they're going to be unemployed. It's like, well, good job, Urban Meyer. You're probably going to be unemployed before they even find the rat. So, you know what? I just don't want to hear it. Just get out of Jacksonville and don't ruin that quarterback you have there because he's well on the way to being ruined. All right, with that, let's move on to the wide receivers. <laughs> Joe, you are a coach roasting specialist after all the years served with Adam Gase. Yeah, it's it just kind of comes natural to me. And uh, hopefully I'm not doing that to Robert Sala in a year or two. I still believe I, I still believe after the first year he's growing as a head coach, but we'll see. They got uh, some talent there. Yeah, there's some talent. To for the Jets. Yeah, there's some talent there. Um, he seems to be making decent calls. He knows when to call timeouts, which Adam Gase never knew what to do. The offensive coordinator knows how to game plan calls. I mean, game plan and call plays. So there's something there. They just need to really fix that defense. So in the wide receivers, though, uh, Russell Gage the last few weeks, and he's still widely available in a lot of leagues, 33 targets in this last four contests. Is he a big piece of fantasy rosters going into the playoffs? Definitely viable. He's uh, earned Matt Ryan's trust, and teams continue to try and take away Kyle Pitts. So Gage is reaping all the benefits. So uh, obviously the Falcons defense is nothing great, nothing special, though they somewhat held the Panthers in check. It's Cam it's Newton true. passing the ball. but So, yeah, I think he's definitely viable as a flex option in your playoffs. All right, and then uh, next we'll talk about a rookie that's starting to get his late breakout uh, due to Swift and Hawkinson not being there. Uh, Amon Rossi Brown is becoming very viable for the Lions and seems to be pumped up after their first win two weeks ago. So, Or was that last? Was it this weekend or two weeks ago? They lost the Broncos this week. It was yep, two weeks so ago. that was two weeks ago. So coming off that high, they went right back to where they were. But, uh, you know, he's been playing good since that win. What's your thoughts on Amon Rossi Brown going forward? Definitely viable. He had eight catches on Sunday, so he seems to be golf's most trusted target as of now. Um, and the Lions play the Cardinals, who are yep. 13 and a half point favorites. So the game script is very positive for the Lions and St. Brown, I think. So he's he's definitely viable. If you had maybe OBJ who got you into the playoffs with this past few weeks and you need somebody to fill in for that spot he's definitely viable yeah there's a lot of interesting viable names on this list tonight another one is kj osborne which is a top wide receiver pickup on the week and as we already talked to mark 
Uh, I think Osborne's a great play for you this week, too, especially – well, obviously watch Adam Thielen, but I think he's going to be out this week, too. Osborne, nine targets, and all three of those catches went for 83 and a touchdown this past week. And um, I think he's got another decent matchup here, too, and he's someone that they're starting to trust in the later portion of his rookie year, the, a trend that we always seem to con- see and continue. What's your thoughts on K.J. Osborne over the next three weeks, and do you like his viability going into next year? Um, he's okay next year. Thielen is going to be back with a contract that he has. So that kind of mm-hmm. limits him. And obviously they run at a decent amount with, with Dalvin. So he's, he'll definitely be drafted next year. As far as this year, um, I, I know two of the last four games, the Vikings is versus the bears and, uh, Jalen Johnson kind of has become a, uh, shadow corner. So yeah, he, he has. He was shadowing Devontae Adams in the first half and held them to one catch. And then the pa- – sorry, I'm just going to bend a little bit. Then the Packers made adjustments and put Devontae Adams in the slot, and the Bears couldn't figure out how to get Jalen Johnson back on Devontae Adams. So then he exploded. But With 11 more catches. Yeah, that's <laughs> naggy problems. But anyways, I think that they're probably going to try and put Jalen Johnson, who's proven to be one of the better cover corners in the league, on Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So I definitely could see the Vikings attacking whatever scrub cornerback two the Bears run out there. So uh, in both games, so I, I definitely agree with you. KJ Osborne is very viable. Uh, another wide receiver that's got a nice schedule coming up is Devonte Parker for the Dolphins, and he is a little bit less available. People I think started to see the viability of him last week, but he's still on some waiver wires. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Devonte Parker in this? upcoming week it's okay he's got the jets this week so that's a good matchup that's a great great game script right there <laughs> what are the what are the dolphins going to do to your jets joe well i can tell you right off the bat uh they may only have one running back but that's all they're going to need because it doesn't matter who runs the ball against us you're going to run the ball very well i think you're going to see a lot of trick kind of gadget plays uh so that's going to lead to their outstanding rookie over there having a very good game. I believe uh, Bryce Hall will end up covering him. And Bryce Hall is a very underrated good quarterback that we picked up late in the draft two years ago. Um, so I think he'll have a decent day covering him. But I think Devontae Parker could end up being their primary target, I think, for the week for that reason. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no problem with Parker. He's hit or miss. You never know what two is going to do. Sometimes Gasecki has zero catches, and sometimes Gasecki well, has 100 yards. And... Well, Gasecki's probably going to have 100 yards because the Jets are horrible against uh, the tight end, and Gasecki always plays good against us. So Gasecki, I'm sorry, will be the viable, most viable option. But Devontae Parker will be a close second, I'm sure, and they're going to whoop our ass because they're more physical. What about what about your boy Jalen Waddle? I think the last time he played the Jets, I won an apology bet. Yeah, uh, kind of bled to our first apology bet ever. You can uh, go back three weeks specifically if you'd like to watch that again. Uh, and JJ has proceeded to do the next two. So hopefully we get Ron in there on an early one. You got to make a bet to do that. Well, yeah, but we're going to have to sit on this one for a few weeks unless Urban Meyer's fired after this week. That'd be nice. What'd you say? I said that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice to wake up and see that alert and be like, ah, shit, let me start writing. Give him a novel. <laughs> All right, uh, so out of these wide receivers, we mentioned some pretty good ones here. Russell Gage, Amarase Brown, K.J. Osborne, 
and Devontae Parker. Who are you most confident in, and in what order would you stack these guys in waiver priority for these guys this week? Um, I'd probably say Gage, Osborne, mm-hmm. St. Brown, and Parker. Hey, that's a, um, I think I would do Osborne, Gage, Brown, and Parker in that order, too. I, I do – don't get me wrong. I think all of these guys are going to have good weeks. I do. Um, but I like and, – and for the playoffs, you just got to go for it. I like the upside of Amon Rossi Brown, which is why I put him in front of Devontae Parker. I feel like I know what I'm going to get with Devontae Parker, which is a nice floor this week, but – I don't know. I think I would just go with the rookie, the, the excitement of the playoffs. And he's had two good games in a row. So that game script against the Bears, I think, is a good matchup. I'm sorry, not the Bears. Is it the Bears? The Vikings? Vikings. Yeah, yeah. sorry. No, no. Who would you say? I think I said the Bears. But who, what player were you talking about? I'm on Ross St. Brown. So that no, was the wrong. He's playing the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> so still a good game script. They're going to be playing from behind. Yes. Uh, next player I'd like to talk about are two Packers wide receivers, Alan Lazard and Valdez Scantling. Uh, Lazard had the touchdown last week. Do you have any confidence in either one of these two in the coming weeks? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a future super, is a, I was going to say Super Bowl MVP, but he's, I don't know if he'll make this, I was going to say Hall of Famer. (laughs) Do you feel either one of these are going to have viability in the playoffs? In the coming uh, weeks, I'd like to week. preface my answer by saying Alan Lazard is an asshole with his stupid fucking shirt in his post-game press conference. I didn't see the shirt. What was it? He wore the I Still Own You shirt in his oh, post-game my. press conference. What a dick. He is a dick, along with all the Packers. <laughs> but uh, They're okay. Hit or miss. Game script dependent. Uh, they play the Ravens this week. Who are without Marlon Humphrey and who can be beat by the pass. So um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Lazard. MVS just seems to be the deep threat, and he'll get an occasional deep target. But Lazard catches some of the intermediate passes on the other side of Devontae Adams. Yep. So I, I definitely think Lazard is the more viable fantasy player going forward. Any interest in uh, Kendrick Bourne if he's still out there? Not really. Okay. And uh, I alluded to this on the show yesterday, but uh, do you believe Rashad Bateman is like a trap in the jungle where you lay leaves over the top of it and it's like a pitfall trap? You play him and he's just going to give you a big donut next week based on the fact that I believe the Ravens have a lot of other options that the Lamar Jackson likes to throw to. And I think him having a big game last week was uh, due to the backup quarterback having uh, chemistry with him. Yeah, he's definitely scary to play if you have to. He's really hit or miss. Um, before this last week, the couple weeks before, he, I think he did have a goose egg the, the previous game. Might have another one this week. Yeah, so I very hard to trust him. Um, like you said, Tyler Huntley seemed to lean on him a lot and liked him. He threw to him a little bit in the Bears game too, but I, I wouldn't trust him too much. Like you said, they got Andrews there. They got Hollywood Brown. Um, so Watkins, even though he's always hurt. but Oh, and he just got hurt too. And we didn't bring that up in the news, but that's not really news. He's always hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Need the glass sound back. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that in the off season, guys. Get you some more noises again. 
Uh, Gabriel Davis, he is an interesting one, and he should be a little bit higher up on this list too. What's your thoughts on Gabriel Davis? He seems to be getting on the field for the Bills a lot more and taking advantage of those situations. Yeah, he's viable. Um, I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to play this week. I, I think it said he's not likely to go. Sounds like he's going to be out. So uh, Davis would separate into that two role with Beasley in the slot. So he's going to be on the field with, uh, with Josh Allen. And uh, who are the Bills playing this week? My goodness. It's not, it's not the Bucks, that's for sure. Oh, my God. I just was looking at it. I'm going to find out. But <laughs> he's viable. He's viable, folks. And he's been hot lately. So happy to have him in my Dynasty League, too, stack with Josh Allen. The Bills are playing the Panthers in Buffalo. It's a and decent matchup. I mean, favorites. the Panthers have a sneaky defense, but the Bills have enough, I think, to uh, push that defense around. And uh, they're a little jaded after the last few weeks. So look for them to get back on track, I think. Yep. Uh, last wide receiver I want to talk about. Uh, any interest in Nico Collins? Um, He's a little appealing. Um, the Texans are in – negative game or positive game scripts for fantasy mm-hmm. every week. So well, what did he clock in it to, for targets? I think it was a high volume versus Seahawks. I don't have that offhand. Let me see. I got it right here. Cooks obviously had the hundred yard day. Collins had 10 targets. So yeah. So he's getting volume. He's a clear two there. So I, he's, he's viable for sure. The Texans' next four games, they have the Jaguars, the Chargers, the 49ers, and Titans. A couple tough games in there, but obviously the Jaguars can be beat through the air. So if you uh, got screwed by COVID this week or are going to get screwed by COVID in this week, uh, he's viable. You could do worse, I think. You definitely do worse. All right, so let's move on to the tight end position where I don't think there is a lot. Um, There is a few interesting guys on this list. Ricky Seals-Jones is out there, um, and his schedule is nice at the tight end position. He plays the Cowboys once and the Eagles twice. Do you like Ricky Seals-Jones going forward? Yeah. Um, suck t- one of the injuries was uh, Taylor Heineke. He's really yeah. banged up after the Cowboys just lit him up the whole game. Micah Parsons, definitely rookie defensive player of the year, but he's uh, he seems to favor the tight end a lot. I I can't remember. I know that uh, Kyle Allen had a couple starts last year, but I don't remember how involved he got in the tight end. So I'd have to go back and look at that. But um, I do like Seals Jones, obviously, with Logan Thomas with the ACL and being on IR. He's out for the year, so that's his job the rest of the year. So yep. he's definitely viable. Uh, any interest in Tyler Conklin, who got – 13.7% of the shares of catches last week and Thielen still being out? Definitely. Um, he's stepped right in. He's involved in the offense. He's always on the field as a blocker and a pass catcher. So, And he's a name that we've brought up for the last four weeks, I feel like. Yep. He's and here's kind of He is, and here's another one that we brought up. Uh, favorite of yours, Cole Komet, 23 targets in three games. He's getting involved. Tell us about your boy. Uh, he needs to work on his hands a little bit. He, if he could catch more consistently, he'd be higher on the waiver list, that's for sure. But, yeah, him and Fields have a chemistry. Um, he's getting the targets. I, it drives me insane that every time they're in the red zone, though, they bring in Jimmy Graham. So that really caps his 
his ceiling because Graham steals those red zone targets every time. So, but he's viable. I think he's probably good for, I'd say he's probably good for five or six catches Monday night. So keep an eye on that. Probably a positive game script. So is there anyone else you wanted to throw into the uh, tight end waiver wire? I will throw one in. Um, Austin Hooper went on the COVID list. I expect David Njoku to come off the COVID list and be active Saturday. And you saw what Hooper did when he had the uh, tight end spot to himself this week. He obviously had five or six catches and got in the end zone. So um, especially with Landry out, I think Mayfield is going to look to the tight end. This could be a big Njoku game because the Raiders definitely suck against the tight end too. So I think that's uh, a sneaky play. Yeah. Uh, where would you rate those guys in order to a waiver priority? For this week? Yes. Seals, Conklin, Komet, and the name you just brought up. Joker. Um, I would probably say, who's Washington playing the Eagles? Um, Jeez. I, I like Njoku and the opportunity he's probably going to get. So I'd, I'd say for this week, at least Njoku, uh, Komet, Conklin, Steels Jones. All right. Uh, let's talk about defenses to the last part of this waiver. Hopefully you guys picked up your defenses before this week because a lot of these are probably already taken and you're probably screwed and your opponent saw that too. So you may lose your matchups if you didn't do that. So let's talk about the ones and hope that they're out there for you. The biggest pickup from last week, and we talked about this last week too, was the Miami Dolphins. They... And the Jets this week, which it is easy to play anyone against the Jets, dude. Do you really like them as a defense this week? Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson, just like Fields and Lawrence, rookie QB, they're turning the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's throwing picks, that gun gunslinger, Jay Cutler mentality that he has. So uh, I definitely like the Dolphins for a couple picks this week. So, yeah, I think they're uh, very viable. It's, it's in Miami too, right? It is. Yeah, so at home, um, I, I like the Dolphins' defense a lot. Zach Wilson could be playing with a hangover. It's likely. Uh, next, next defense is uh, one that I've been talking about for the better half of this second year and uh, was very much going under the radar and one that has improved lately is the Chiefs. Uh, they were absolutely phenomenal last week. And I think regardless of the matchup, I would pick them up. Do you like the Chiefs the last three games of the year? Um, Obviously a tough matchup versus the Chargers, and it's in yep. L.A. They, they definitely play their best ball at home. So I'm not too, too confident in them this week. I think it'll be a, probably a competitive game, and they'll score a couple sacks and maybe a pick, but um, I don't think they're going to go crazy. So... um. <laughs> This is a new name to the heckling fandom. So, Fraggy, the cost of admission here on Garbage Time Fantasy Football is that you like and subscribe to the show and join the heckling fandom. And then I'm more than happy to answer this question for you. But you you putting it out here, let me do it for you. Start two, maybe three. Tay, Mont, Jonathan C-E-H. Taylor, yep. David Montgomery, CEH, or Fournette. And... Then for tight end, he has Gronk and Mark Andrews. That's a pretty good team, man. You're, you're going to be solid in the playoffs here. Well, start two, maybe three. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, you have to start there. He's got Montgomery, CEH, Fournette, Fournette. You have to start. Fournette has been a beast. And I have got Gronk and Mark Andrews. Ah, uh, 
Who did the Bucks play this week, JJ? Bucks play the Saints Sunday night. I think I would play Gronk, believe it or not, in that game script. Um, I understand Mark Andrews is coming off a big game, uh, but Lamar's hurt a little bit. I, I, I think I would feel comfortable playing uh, Taylor, Fournette, and uh, Gronk. Who, who do you like? This is really, really tough. Taylor, you're playing. That's a lock. If yep. I'm picking up next. Montgomery has historically murdered the Vikings. Like, I, I can't remember the last time he didn't rush for 100 yards against the Vikings. So, and he's been more involved catching the ball. CEH is playing the Chargers, who have been incredibly susceptible to the run, and he scored twice last week. They funneled the middle of the field. And Fournette, he's playing the Saints, which is a tough matchup, but he has been getting hella targets, and he's one of the hottest backs in the league. So, you, my friend, are in a predicament. Um, yeah, a very good predicament because you could guess wrong on this and still do very well. I, I agree with Joe. I think I, I would probably play Gronk over Mark Andrews this week, and then I'd play two of the running backs and the third one in the flex. I'd probably, if it's me, I'd probably play Taylor, Montgomery, and Fournette, if it's me. I know CEH has a good matchup, but you saw Daryl Williams get involved and, and run a couple in on Sunday. So he's splitting more than the other guys. So I'd probably play Gronk in the tight end, Taylor, Montgomery, in your two running back spot. Well, Taylor and Fournette in your two running back spots and Montgomery in your flex. Cause he's in the Monday night game. Damn. Look at this guy's team. And he's still got Renfro on the bench to flex. So shit, you, you go down. Loaded, some, uh, bro. You got the yeah, championship locked. Yeah. You're in good shape. Even if you got COVID happening on your roster at all, anywhere this week, you've got some good, nice villains. Good job with that roster, dude. All right, so uh, talking about another defense, too. We covered the Chiefs, too. The last one I was kind of interested in, and I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, I actually kind of like Houston against the Jaguars this week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions last week, and he just is sucking it up. In a crazy world, can you play the Houston defense? Yeah, you could. (laughs) Uh, I can't believe I'm saying that. I don't know. I, I know the Jaguars are three-point favorites, so um, you could if you had to. I, I'm not. I mean, leagues are typically predominant on scores and turnovers, and Lawrence is turnover-prone, and the Jaguars haven't scored more than 10 points in like three weeks. Yeah. I think they're very viable. Yeah, I do too. I yeah, I mean, you can do it. It depends who you got. I mean, there's no bye weeks this week, obviously. So, um, yeah, you can do it if you're desperate. Fraggy's got another question for us. What's our thoughts on the Eagles defense versus Washington? Well, they may be without their starting quarterback, so the Eagles might be a pretty good play, and they are very opportunistic against backup quarterbacks. Yeah, I like the Eagles. Um, they're they're their identity has been running the football and Dean up. So they're at home. That's going to be a chilly game. Um, I, I think they're middle of the road to higher end of the defenses this week for Washington. We were talking about Heineke, even if he plays, he's banged up. Um, and then if he doesn't, it's Kyle Allen who turned the ball over a lot last year. So um, I think they're definitely viable. Yeah. Is there any other defenses you wanted to add to this list, JJ? Um, You talked about Miami. They were on a bye last week. Uh, If someone was – who else was on a bye last – this past week? The Patriots were, right? Patriots were on a bye. So, I mean, if someone dropped the Patriots, obviously they're one of the top defenses in the league this year. 
kind of Keep feels unlikely that they're dropped, but I mean, right. we had a league mate that uh, had the Miami defense and he refused to add a defense this week. He already had the buy and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to play defenseless and just keep the Miami Dolphins because he wants to use them in the playoffs because they've got a great matchup going up. Uh, and we'll take this last comment from Preggy too. Says uh, he's got Higgins, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Smith, Waddle, and Pittman start two. So who are the two are, that you're starting here, JJ? Uh, Higgins has Denver. Uh, Lockett. Was it the Lockett plays the Rams, I believe, without Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith versus Washington. Waddle versus the Jets. Pittman versus New England. Well, um, I can I, tell you, I'm starting Waddle right off the bat. Yeah, I'd start out of these guys with these matchups. I'd take, I'd play Tyler Lockett and Jalen Waddle. I would play Waddle and who's Higgins playing this week? Broncos in Denver, I believe. Yeah, that's mile high. That might not be good. Yeah, probably him and Lockett. Um, don't get me wrong. I understand what Lockett is, and he is the ultimate definition of the boom bust player. But since Russell Wilson's come back, he's been highly consistent, and he's starting to change that game script on him. Uh, he's having a I career year. He is. Uh, he's almost hit the career part of. He's almost above his career high already. Yeah, this week he'll he'll surpass his most receiving yards in a season for sure. So I I like Lockett. He's uh, he's been more consistent. Yeah, well, Fraggy, typically New England shuts down the uh, number one option of teams, but it's going to be impossible for them to shut down Jonathan Taylor. So they may just look to shut down Pittman um, as the next best option that they can shut down. And, dude, if we gave you wrong advice, too, feel free to go to our website at www.garbagetimefdef.com and leave us a voicemail and scream at us why we got you eliminated from the playoffs. We'd love to hear from you. And, we are all about eating our crow here, so if we didn't give you the right advice, feel free to scream about it. That's what the heckling fandom does anyway. JJ, anything you want to add to uh, this before we get out of here? I don't think so. Uh, tune in Thursday. We'll be previewing the Week 15 games. And um, knock wood, this could be the first time all four of us are together on the podcast for some time. I don't know if you were planning on, on Thursday. but Yeah, we'll see. You know, the Workhorse. Yeah, the work the workhorse has got to rest sometimes, so we'll see. Uh, guys, again, the show here is obviously live here on YouTube. If you listen to podcasts and would rather do that too, Google, Apple, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Um, again, leave us comments, subscribe to the show if you're listening to this. I hope we can help you win your playoffs, guys, and have good luck in your matchups. Good night, guys, and have a great one.